Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach Shannon Keegan. Today I had the pleasure of chatting with Finger Lakes phenom Bridget Hobart. The stories just kept coming. So much goodness. Once we stabilized Bridget's connection, I tried to pry into what keeps Bridget going. From what I can tell, she just can't get enough. Striving for work-life balance, marathon swimming seems to give her life just the spice she's looking for. I can't wait to meet Bridget in person someday and hope to have her back to find out more about the annual Finger Lakes Open Water Swim Festival. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome, <Hi>. Bridget. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for being our guest today. <laughs> What's your story? <laughs> oh, gosh, where do I start? Um, I know a lot of people start about how they were just kind of born to swim, but uh, that really wasn't me. I uh, failed swim lessons most of my life. Um, mainly because I just didn't want to get in the water. You know, it's not that I couldn't, I never even got in the water to fail. I just didn't get in the water. So I don't know if that really counts as failure for swimming, but, um, you know, and then I grew up on Cayuga Lake, mostly on a boat. And I remember always dad putting a life jacket on, life jacket on me, but on my 11th birthday, my friends next door, Francie and uh, Marcy Miller, um, went, we're going for the Southern Tour Swim Club tryouts and they, they're so something was wrong with the car and they came over and asked for a ride. And I just on a whim, I decided I wanted to go to, um, and that was just, I don't know why I just, that's kind of, I think how a lot of my life goes. I just make a decision and go for it. And so I did, I, and I couldn't really swim across the pool that day. I can still remember the little tiny two piece bathing suit I had on with like a little skirt and I was a scrawny little kid and I couldn't even swim across the pool, but Bill saw something in me and did accept me and fast forward, I learned to swim and then I caught on pretty quickly. I would found early on, I was blessed with endurance, but I never had that competitive, I am competitive. I think my husband would be the first to tell you that it, like playing Monopoly, Scrabble with me, generally not too much fun, but for some reason, actual meets and stuff and generally did better there but I did enjoy many years of high school swimming high school swimming was probably different than what a lot of people folks because or a lot of people experience because for me we didn't have a woman's swim team so I actually swam on the men's team until like 10th grade and then um, we were lucky that uh, a coach Jim Grace uh, reached out and helped us start our first swim team we were terrible there was only a few of us but it was just great to have a team and then I went on and I swam at Nazareth College in Rochester. And I had great four years there. And then after that, I graduated and went on to become, go into accounting, went on to graduate school, became a CPA, um, specialized in taxation. And the next thing you know, life took over. And somehow 25 years passed. And I enjoyed a lot of um, long work hours. And it was actually my step-grandmother who had such a critical role in my life in many areas. But she was diagnosed with um, lung cancer. And as she was going through things and, you know, preparing for her um, end, she pulled out a lot of articles. And she pulled out an article from 1979 when I um, was high school athlete of the week, my senior year in high school. And in it, I was, I had just finished um, that summer before my senior year. I spent all summer at Cornell. I joined all the sessions to the swim camp under Jim Perkins. And he, at the end of it, every Labor Day, his, uh, his annual thing for the men's swim team was to swim across uh, Cayuga Lake to his cottage. Mm -hmm. It was only a one mile swim. And that was my first open water swim. And I just loved it. Mm -hmm. And after that, one of the guys said, you're a real natural at this. And you should swim the English Channel one day. And I'm pretty confident he was joking, but that just planted a seed. So I was quoted in that article as saying, when I was, um, I started on my 11th birthday. So when I was 50 years in swimming, at 61, I was going to swim the English Channel. So she pulled that out. It was in my mid 40s and reminded me that I better get going with that. Mm 
and <laughs> had me promise her that I would, if, if I had all the time to come up to Binghamton every weekend, live, I live in New Jersey, so it's five hour round trip, to bait, she, she was always one to call um, a spade a spade. So she would say, if you have time to come and watch me die, then you have time to swim. Don't tell mm-hmm. me you don't. Mm-hmm. And I think she knew life was going to hand me some more challenges. And it has. The last few years have been pretty tough. Um, so she, ba- I did commit to her. Um, and, you know, I, that's when I started. I joined Master Swimming. I did a one-mile point-to-point ocean swim in New Jersey, which really was a disaster. I mean, really. I mean, you follow the shoreline. And they had to come out and uh, get me. And in my <laughs> defense, I only breathed on the right. And the shore was on the on the left. So in my defense, I didn't exactly see it moving away from me, but I had my eyes closed. I mean, lake swimming is dark. Ocean swimming is sea stuff. I'm trying not to swear for an hour. <laughs> um, so that I said, oh, I better really get over my fear of the ocean. I've never been a beach person, never been an ocean person, never wanted to sit on the beach. So that was a big change for me. Uh, then I signed up for the, I went from the one mile point to point to the Bermuda 10K. I thought, you know, well, if I'm going to go, I could swim many distances, but if you're going to go, you might as well swim the whole thing. So my first big swim was actually the Bermuda 10K. And, you know, I was learning a lot then. I was kind of close. Oh, gosh. So that would have been 2008. Okay. 2008. And I remember at the start of it, I I learned a lot. I remember a woman a lot of people observing you learn so much by observing so I remember a woman and I'm like oh that's why she did that so that's how I learned a lot of this but Hello. We're losing you a little bit. I can, I can, I can, your video's frozen. I, I came here. Spe- okay. How about now? Let me try connection change. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm sitting here with fiber optics too. <laughs> Is it any better? Um, I can hear you at this moment. If it cuts out again, I guess another recommendation might be to cut your video off so we can get the audio at least, but, um, but let's try this. Okay. That sounds okay. If, and I also just brought up mobile Wi-Fi in case needed. Okay. All right. So you were saying about the, the, um, yeah, let's try that. Just see if it improves the audio quality at least. You were telling us about, about um, lessons. That's that sounds good. You were telling us about the lessons that you learned um, in your first around the uh, around the sound swim in Bermuda, and we that's when you started cutting out. If you could recap okay. a little bit of what you learned yes. there, I, I learned that uh, there was a reason somebody put extra goggles in their suit. Um, ah. I lost mine most of the way through, but I got lucky. They floated up, and oh my gosh. but I was just so lost everywhere. And on the, on one of the feeds I ran into, and that's how I met Susan Kirk and she's actually from New Jersey, but I actually first met her. So I've, you know, I've watched her, learned a lot. She's the one that actually helped me get. I'm breaking up again, Bridget. what I mostly learned during that swim are you am I losing you guys again we were we were we 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 missed that last little bit yeah you came in right go on hang on I'm going on mobile wi-fi okay (laughs) I can't believe this is fiber optics is not as good as mobile wi-fi this is really sad (laughs) sad day Okay. How about now? I can hear you now. All right. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yay for, yay for mobile. It's pretty sad though that mobile Wi-Fi is better than fiber. <laughs> but anyway, um, but I guess ten that ten K will always be very important to me because what I learned more than anything is that being in the water that day when nothing was going right, I had no business being out there. I had no clue how to get back to shore, um, and it was just kind of learning the hard way. 
Um, but I, what I learned is I never can remember being so relaxed. Mm. I thought it was a hoot out there. And I, so water brought me a piece that land did not. So that's kind of wow. what I learned from there. And then from there, I started to focus on the challenge of the English Channel, but I learned about the Triple Crown. So my focus began swim, learn to swim the distance and then introduce the cold. Mm. So if you look at the um, order of my swims, you'll kind of see that pattern. Mm-hmm. So that's what I focused on. And then for the Triple Crown, I wanted to start in uh, Manhattan because that's kind of my home, you know, New York. And I made it a fundraising swim. My dad is a graduate of Columbia and he got all his buddies together and helped me do fundraising. So that was kind of made it fun and is a time that, you know, a lot of his friends were passing. So it was really just a good overall experience. I can still remember them standing on that dock at Columbia screaming and just going, you guys don't do that. It looked like it was going to go right in the water. Mm-hmm. And I also remember taking in a lot of water oh. during that as I'm screaming to them, swallowing it. And then I remember being on antibiotics for like three weeks. Soon after. <laughs> so it was a memorable swim. And then Catalina is special because I did that on my 50th birthday. I tried to start when I was 49 and then turned 50 on the water. But uh, I later learned <laughs> Roger Finch had that date and I talked to him and he said, if, if he had known and I had asked him, he would have switched with me, but I didn't Uh-oh. know him, you know, I, I did <laughs> yeah. my, you know? so I started on, uh, at 1120 on my 50th birthday. That's awesome. So it's really the, my best recommendation. If you're trying to avoid a surprise party is go, go for a swim. No one <laughs> you. So that, that was my thing, you know, so And then I ended um, in England and, you know, my first do not finish that I ever had was in England in July, 2013. Um, You know, but to this day, I don't think I ever felt so good in the water until I didn't. Oh, Um, it's still one of my favorite swims, but it also, I learned a lot. I remember, I don't really remember being plucked. I, I remember having trouble breathing. I remember being stung by jellyfish. I remember, um, you know, my in the hotel after um, my husband was talking to people, letting them know that I was okay, but it didn't end well. And he goes, well, she's okay with the decision now, but I hope she is tomorrow. And that (laughs) rattled me. I'm like, oh my God, have I become that person, you know, (laughs) that'd be mad that, you know, somebody would pull me because I was like drowning. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, but so I I did a lot of self-reflection and I realized that that do not finish is probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I was just barging through, like I do too much in life. It's just barge through everything. And I don't really stop to enjoy the journey. Mm. And when I, right before I went on the boat and I'm all dressed in purple, I'm on masterpiece with a purple bow. So they show up with a purple bow and I'm of course in matching. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I matched the boat. And this woman is looking at me probably thinking, what is she know what she signed up for? (laughs) And she said, why don't, why don't you just, just enjoy the journey? So my guess is she really meant, I'm probably not going to make it to France because I probably appeared that I didn't know what I was doing, but that those words meant so much to me in the long run, because I really probably wasn't doing that. I was just goal focused, out to do it and not really enjoying that process of getting there. So mm-hmm. I, ch- I really changed. It wasn't about the triple crown anymore. I basically went back to England just because it was on unfinished business, but it really wasn't about the channel anymore because mm-hmm. what I also learned is when I came back and when you make something all about one thing that it, I had nothing the rest of the summer. I had, that was it. Mm-hmm. I sat there, I had an right. early date and I sat there and had nothing. And you know, JC Mallet called, he had a slot uh, left for Kate May. And that was, that was a fun swim. <laughs> if, if you were there, it was an interesting swim. But I want, it I was want, a swim. Can, you try, can you try putting your video on again? I really want to see your beautiful smile while you're oh, telling us these my stories. My hands flying. <laughs> That's how mine do too. But I want to re- I want to hear more about your, the build that getting to where you are now, but go back a little bit to your first Bermuda around the sound. What did it feel like when you finished that swim? You said, you know, you learn things, whatever, but what did it like, what did it feel like inside when you finished that 10 K? You know, relief. And you get that kit, that, that, that feeling that you get when you're a kid of excitement. But for me, a lot of it on that one was, I can't even believe I got back to shore <laughs> right. at the end. If you've ever done that event, 
you know, the final stretch is actually very calm. And all of a sudden, it just seemed like forever. So I realized, you know, the fun of the turbulence, too. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, and did you did, did you keep doing like those long swims just because of this promise that you made to like to get to the English Channel? You're just driving to that, or was there any other appeal to? <laughs> I guess you said you enjoyed just being relaxed on the water, but <laughs> yeah, and it became adventures. I started to travel to places that I never would have gone to if I wasn't swimming, and I never mm-hmm. would have taken the time to be honest. You know, I'm one of these people that I'm actually in this position right now where HR is like, you're at your max accrual. And, okay, well, what do you want me to do? You know, I'm busy, you know, so <laughs> it's that's and I've turned into that person again. Our max accrual is 555 hours. That's not a good sign, <laughs> but that's what's happened in the last few years. So now I'm trying to revert back. So to me, it's been about life work balance mm-hmm. and the theory that if I have a goal, then I don't want to drown. So if I have a goal, I'm probably going to train because I've also gone into some under train. Mm-hmm. My first Tampa Bay would be a sign of that. And I couldn't move for <laughs> like, you know, you couldn't even touch my back for like a week. So, you know, I've learned that you shouldn't probably wing a 12 hour swim. I've learned that <laughs> the hard way too. Um, you know, so I just started doing it. I mean, I've enjoyed them all. I've met people, I've learned different ones. And then um, I, I did start at the stage swim. So I went out to SCAR. I mean, I highly recommend that if you're looking to test your body. By now, I'm thinking that I'm doing all of my training mostly on Seneca Lake. So I want to swim the Finger Lakes. And I didn't really have a plan. I just knew I wanted to swim the Finger Lakes. Um, and there's a lot of them. So, and I'm old, so I can't just do one a year. Do you know what I mean? So I probably should try to put them together. So I did um, SCAR and that was a fun trip because I joined my friend from Australia, Lisa De Laurentiis came. So it was really more about the trip. Mm. You know, I think of that trip and I think about us at that deserted Flintstones park near the Grand Canyon. I mean, Mm. we seriously paid money to go into that. (laughs) and took pictures for like two hours, (laughs) you know, and did that instead of take, we, we did that instead of going to Sedona. So that should probably tell you a lot about us, (laughs) but it was fun, you know? So to me, it was really about the people, the adventures and Mm. a way to train. Mm. And then, you know, I wrapped up, I went back to the channel. I wrapped that up. And then after that, I said, I wanted to do the finger lakes. Um, so what, but I didn't really have a plan. Um, I signed up for, I did rot nest that year because I really wanted to go see Lisa and she, she convinced me it was a good idea. They have this event called the 202020, 20 K swim, 20 K bike, 20 K run. And Mm -hmm. somehow I thought it was a good idea to agree to enter that, (laughs) but that was the most disastrous swim for me. I got stung by jellies. Um, my boob is still uneven on one side from that attack. It's just like, that's a natural enhancer. I'm telling you ladies, it just doesn't go away. So that, that was just a bad swim for me. It was, I got stung by jellies. I was going through like a bottle of Benadryl by the time I got there just to keep breathing. Um, my husband ended up out of this skinny little boat they gave him. And it was just every, nothing went right. And the only thing that kept me going was I just was so not taking an 18 hour flight back to deal with this again. You know, um, it was just, I had to finish it, you know, it was hot. Um, and then I finished, uh, I joined some relay people and then I finished not realizing that it was televised. That's like, oh, like a swim there is like the football game here, you know? Oh, and cool. I might've, they asked, there's only a few Americans. That's your Gracie Vanderbilt one. That was pretty exciting to watch. I probably would have been better on shore watching it though. <laughs> so she, after it, they, I was just so miserable and so like swollen everywhere. And they asked how I felt and I might've, not presented it so well for the United States of America didn't realize I was on video and then they put me in this medical tent after because I was asking everybody where the bikes were and so they thought I was you know I was hallucinating or something and it wasn't until Naomi saw me in there because I didn't know that nobody really knew about the 2020 it was like a silent (laughs) event so I'm walking around asking where my bike is and it was just nothing went right there. And then I finished the swim so late after all that, 
training I supposedly did for that bike and run, they didn't even let me get on my bike. Which oh, I was so, no, I was so happy. I'm like, thank God, because there's no way I wanted to, you know? Yeah. So after that, um, and then our house flooded during that too. We had gotten a call that our pipes broke. Oh no. <laughs> you know, so not, nothing, nothing went right on that trip. My house is filled with water and I don't know, it just was a bad trip. So then, um, but the people are fun. Then um, I signed up for the eight bridges and what my plan for the eight bridges was I needed to test my body to see what I was capable of doing for the finger Lakes. So Mm. I think that was in June and I started the finger Lakes on July 11th. So it wasn't until I actually did eight bridges that I decided I learned a lot. I actually thought that I could swim every day and then catch up on emails and work at night. Mm-hmm. That plan <laughs> failed. That plan failed miserably on day one, and it just—I underestimated logistics mm-hmm. and the time involved yeah. in logistics. So, but I also learned that my first few days, my body got sore and sore and fatigued, but then all of a sudden it burst back. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I learned that I was stronger at the end. So it was a—it was one—it was one week that was probably really critical in planning. Um, and from that, I said, you know, I think I could do this in a summer. I initial plan was never to do it all at once. As I started training for it, I was also trying to get my nephew uh, involved. My nephew was experiencing drug addiction at that time. So my thought was if I could just get him involved in something that he could get become part of that, maybe he would see there's something other in life. Mm-hmm. And then for my dad, he was always out on Seneca on his boat, you know, shadowing us. And I knew he was getting older. And as I started the training, he had had his first stroke. Mm. So all of a sudden I felt this pressure that, you know, probably I should, I need to get this done. So that's what drove my decision to do it in one year. Mm. And then it was just at a party on July 4th here at the, um, on Seneca Lake in the canal I was talking to some of my parents' friends that lived on Canadagua, and I said, hey, I'm going to start these Finger Lakes. I'm going to start in Canadagua because I'm doing it for fun awareness for Nazareth College Rehab Center, and that's a lake, a lake close to them. And all of a sudden, he goes, let us handle it all. He got all his fishing buddies together. Oh, so wow. I set out just to do these swims as a, a challenge and a goal and trying to keep things balanced in life, but it really turned out to be just a bunch of community coming together, meeting new people. And when I think back at the swims, it's rarely about the swim itself. It's, it's generally like, who did I pick up on this lake? You know, who did I run into? And that the stories of each lake is what really made that so important. And then a lot of my college buddies joined in and Seneca was a challenge. It was a challenge with a lot of unforecasted weather. You can always count on Seneca for that. And, you know, I, I could just hear my college buddies laughing on the boat and oh. that just made it. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it just, I knew everything was okay. Yeah. And yeah. we still talk about some of the probably not such great decisions that we made on that swim, but, and, you know, so to me, that's what it's really been about. It's the adventure, um, the sense of community, and then the goal to really keep um, life balance intact. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. I want to come back to some of that, but you had mentioned really early on that you'd found a, that you have a knack for, or that you, you know, this, like your, this endurance, how did you discover early on that you had a, an endurance? (laughs) Well, probably if you ask anybody that had the uh, pleasure of raising me and being around me, (laughs) I was one of those people that never napped Mm-hmm. and just really hyper. I'm probably uh-huh. talking too fast right now. <laughs> I am I just came back from a trip, uh, business trip, and they're like, slow down. Um, but I, I just always had a lot of energy. I've never, mm. you know, and I've never slept long. I, you know, sleeping is hard for me, you know, trying to shut my mind off, try mm. to get sleep. Um, so I just think that's how I, my body is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that <laughs> to some degree. Um, 
I was wondering too about, so your first English channel when you got pulled, was it because of the jellyfish things? It sounds like you've got yeah. a really anaphylactic reaction to jellyfish things. <laughs> yeah. And in, in my mind, I'm, how I remember it is I remember my, my part of my arms, like, like not doing what they were supposed to do. And I remember feeling tight here, but I, in my mind, I was swimming through it mm. and Bob, uh, my husband, you know, was also my um, watches over me. And he's also the one that's paddled for me during all this is he saw that I wasn't rolling to breathe anymore. And I only breathe on my right. And so he's the one that called the swim. And at first they're like, no, she's doing great. Let her go. And he's like, no, this is not her stroke. She's not, she's not rolling to breathe. And I did, I did hear my name and I do remember being called, um, but you know, to me, it was kind of a calm, pleasant experience. Mm. Um, so my guess is the cold quickly hit. The water was in the mid fifties. It was a cold channel year. Wow. And, you know, at six hours, we were just saying, this is awesome. I had just had a warm feed and I felt great. And, and, but to this day, I can tell you, I've never felt so good swimming until I didn't. Yeah. I still had that, like, I can't believe I'm here in the English channel. I didn't feel that on the successful one. It was Mm kind of like, okay, everyone, am I going to make it? Is something going to attack me? Mm. You know, and I never even saw jellies on the second one till the end. And then I was like, well, I about 10 minutes to get to shore, you know? (laughs) So, but, but, you know, for me, ocean swimming, I now I take antihistamine. So it's not, I don't have to do that in a lake. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've always been a lake girl. I mean, it's to me going on vacation to a beach and trying to sit and read is pure torture. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's, I just don't enjoy it. Ask anybody that's tried it with me. It's not a good experience, you know? So I'm a lake girl, so I, I'm focusing on lakes. That's yeah. It's good to know. It's good to know what's your thing for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't invite me on a beach trip. It's <laughs> when you, when you did finish the English channel and you, you know, you know, like you'd resolved the promise that you'd made to your step grandmother. Was that, was that fulfilling at all? Or you just wanted more, more adventure, more fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny. Cause I had a bad, like a after drop after where, you know, I came home and people were celebrating. It took my mind two weeks to catch up. I was just like, whatever. Bob's like, come on, let's go to the end of the street. There's a big sign up. And I'm like, can we drive? He's like, okay. I live three houses from the end of the street and I made him drive. And it was just kind of blah, you know what I mean? Mm. And it it took like two weeks, almost 14 days to the, you know, just to get my mind caught up where I'm like, then I felt excitement, Mm. you know? So to me, I had a really bad after drop and I was so afraid to ever experience that again. No matter, no matter what I did for two weeks, I just couldn't wait to go to bed hoping I could get up again and feel better. It just felt, I felt nothing for two weeks. So it wasn't a, it's just something I would wish, not wish upon my worst enemy to feel. So at the end of the Finger Lakes, my biggest fear was, oh God, is it going to happen again? And it didn't, Mm, it didn't. And I think a lot of it is because it became something other than just the swim. To me, it was, look at all the people. I mean, I had that's where I met Betty and Ross. I had two people that joined us on Cayuga Lake that I know when I've still told this story before, swimmers are like, what is wrong with you? And, but to me, it, it, I took a chance. I get that, but it was the best thing I ever did. And we're all still friends today. Take us there. Take us to the Finger Lakes. How did it, how did it go down? (laughs) Well, we started on Canadagua. And so each lake was really special because it involved different people. So, you know, Cayuga, or I mean, what do you call it there? Canadago was fun and it had, you know, my, my parents' friends on it. And I later found out that Don, you know, was during the time he then fouled me. He'd magically appear at the, it was like, he made me feel like I was five in that, you know, and the parents in the stands yelling because <laughs> you always could see him at the end of every one. Do you know what I mean? And then he would disappear. And I'm like, why did he leave? And I later found out that he was just diagnosed with cancer and he was going through treatment. So this was his big thing too, you know? Oh so it was things connecting at the end. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it became important to him and it was like important for me to see him at the end of all of them. Mm-hmm. And, and he made them all. Um, and then other than that, I think 
it was before Cayuga Lake that I met, um, I got a phone call from Nazareth College. And there they said, hey, there's this guy called Russ Pran. He's calling a lot. And he wants to know if there's anything he can do to help you. He lives on Canandaigua Lake and he's a swimmer. And he himself had done stage swims at the different lakes. So I called him. I by now have Googled him. And I'm like, you know, I think we're the same pace. So I never met him before. And he called and I called him and I said, you know, who I was. He's just really shy, you know. And then he found himself on a boat with like six women, the poor guy. <laughs> and he's really super shy. And I said, hey, I heard that uh, you want to get, you know, you want to help us out on it. He goes, you know, I can, I don't have a boat, but I can tow your boat. I can do this. I can do that. I said, you know what? Can you support swim? Mm. And he goes, total silence. And I'm like, <laughs> I think we're the same pace. By now, I've never had a support swimmer. So, uh. so now I'm asking a complete stranger to join <laughs> me on my first night in a long night swim to, you know, to be my support swimmer. And we never even trained together. <laughs> but I just wanted to involve him because he, he made a huge effort to go through channels to find the right people. Mm. So I just believe that if you have somebody that really has the same goal as you and wants you to be successful, then you should include them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you should include them. And then Claire DeBoer is the other woman that swam um, Cayuga and she called and she wanted to support my finish. That meant the world to me. And we still train together today. And so I was, tr- she's not in the area though. So she was coming through town. So I moved my swim up a day to try to um, meet when she was coming through town. And then that meant I was starting at the North end of the lake at night. And that's, mm-hmm. Growing up on Cayuga, I know that's a rough start. Besides the bars I had to get around. And I, uh, it's also very shallow. Okay. It's the one area that's shallow. Okay. So I had said to somebody, hey, does anybody know anybody that knows that side of the lake? And another one of my crew, Kathy, said, well, yeah, I have an old friend up there, um, Betty. Oh. And I'm like, does she not drive a boat? And she goes, well, she has a boat. And I'm like, good enough. <laughs> so we called her and Betty's like, maybe, maybe for 11 on a good day. So I see this little person put tie up and she introduces herself. We all get on a boat and, but it wasn't at the start. The first thing I saw as I was lubing up to get in the water, my college buddies were lubing me up. I look over and there's two strangers, Betty and Ross, strangers to each other and to all of us. One with a flashlight, one navigating, working as a team to avoid the rocks. Right there, I knew I made the right decision, Mm. you know? And so we marched forward, and that was a tough start for me. I just felt really down at it, and it was dark. And I remember swimming through weeds for what seemed to be endless hours. (laughs) But we also had, like, a magical moon, shooting stars. And it was just a really pleasant, you know, water conditions. Mm -hmm. And then um, I... I, Russ wanted to get into swim and it was still dark. And I said, what, what's going on on a feed? Cause I could hear people talking and my husband, Bob, it was my um, kayak escort. Bob goes, uh, Russ wants to get into support swim. I, I don't think it's a good idea. It's, it's dark and you've never swam with him. I said, but he wants to swim. That's a good idea. Let's set him in. He goes, okay. <laughs> so Russ, and I found out later he had to pee and he didn't want to do that in front of all the women. <laughs> so <laughs> So basically, but it worked out great. That was, I, so I know a lot of people think this is some really poor judgment, but he jumps in completely dark. My first time ever swimming with him. And it was like clockwork, you know, we swam perfectly together and then he joined it the rest of the way. And he was, he became instrumental on Seneca Lake when we, we couldn't get a boat near me. The kayak couldn't stay in the water. The winds were so bad. It was Russ that got in the water. Well, the women did tell him to, to, to man up and suck up. Everybody was freezing cold, <laughs> but he got in the water. And I remember saying to him, so, hey, Russ. And he's like, what? Hey, do you ever regret making that call to Nazareth? You know, <laughs> you know, so it was just like it really became to me more about the people. You know, yeah. we had another a woman that had kept um, Louise Addy. She kept calling. She's a kayaker. She asked if it was okay to meet us at the end of Cayuga. She helped introduce me to Claire DeBoer. She wanted to get women kayakers out there. By chance, it was the women swimming for hospice. About mm. 300 people crossing the lake that same weekend oh. as we were approaching. So it just 
kind of by by lock came together Mm -hmm. and she asked if she could paddle towards the end and I had said yes so then she said can I start at Seneca and take pictures and I'm like sure she's like I'll stay out of the way I just want pictures but it was her that woke up on you know in the morning uh, and saw us in you know we had trouble on Seneca nobody expected the conditions and no one was getting them on land the lake sometimes when they come in the middle they Um, stay stuck it was fine on land wow it's like a tunnel so she saw that and she went and I had my tracker on so she found us and right it was a couple hours after we had to pull Bob and everybody she came with an ocean kayak good morning and (laughs) and so that is somebody if we didn't welcome them to our group wouldn't have been out there and she stayed with me for four hours until then I wasn't having feeds because if I got near our pontoon boat, it was hitting me. It was flying in the air. You know, we had heavy, you know, pontoons don't really handle wind. So grand and (laughs) in the wind chill. So I was starting to feel cold and hungry and I knew I was in trouble. So, I mean, just by including these people and those are the things I remember, Mm -hmm. you know, the people along the way. And then at, at, Honeywood Lake. I mean, I just flew out of Rochester and I visited Sue on the way. I met her because she and her friends started following us. She had a cottage at the time on Honeywood Lake and I knew I had a toxic algae issue there, but I also thought I could go around it. That was Mm. the plan. Ends Mm -hmm. up, it really spreads pretty far underwater, but I had had antibiotics just in case. But what I did not understand is that stuff burns the hell out of your skin. Uh And I remember them whipping me in their car, taking me to their cottage, stripping me down and getting that stuff off of me. And there was green stuff flying over their incredibly pretty white bathroom. Uh, You know, so by letting these the strangers into our lives and our and our team and welcoming them, then we form lifelong friendships. So to me, that's what Seneca Lake is about. Yeah. Wow. That's That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. So there was Cayuga, Seneca, Honeywood. Yeah, there's there's 11, but you can only swim on nine of them. Found out after I announced I was going to do all 11. Um, I got a all caps email from the DEC and I I don't know if they meant what all caps really meant an email. Um, and they let me know that it's closed off from swimming and that's my fault. I just, I honestly didn't even look to see, I mean, it's water. Who would think that you can't swim in it? Um, I, I looked to see if you could have boats in them because some of them are smaller. Right. Well, you, you can have a boat there, but you just can't swim. Okay. So I, I talked about it and I, it, looked into getting special permission. He said, um, we ask that you don't, but if you will, if you do, we'll probably consider it. But I said, but would you consider it for other swimmers? And they said, no. So Um, I immediately said, then I'm not going to challenge you. You're you're out here protecting the water and I'm not going to do something that somebody can't repeat. Cause I really, really thought that people would line up to repeat this. (laughs) So, So that was, I thought, who's next in line? So I wanted to make it so somebody could foul. Yeah, and that's I fantastic. and I didn't want anybody else to have to get an attorney to just to swim two small lakes. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, it right, didn't. yeah. So, and, and then they were support, very supportive. I didn't fight them. I, I allowed the regulation. You know, I filed the regulations, and they were super supportive after that. That's you know, that's good. And yeah, I love that you wanted great. it to be something that people could follow. That's re- very cool. Yeah. Yeah, so sign up. I mean, <laughs> the lakes are here. <laughs> so, have you done the nine? I I apologize for not mm-hmm. knowing you. Okay. Yes, in 2015. So we set out to do them, and we did nine of them over 11 weeks. So I did oh, wow. the majors and the I called them the majors and the minors. So I did the five majors together mm-hmm. and completed those by the end of August, and then. I took two weekends in September and did like the Rochester area ones back to back, then the um, Syracuse area ones back to back. Very cool. Very so cool. wrapped them all up. Yeah. Um, was there one of, well, so you spent most of your time talking about Cayuga and Seneca. Were those the most memorable ones? <laughs> well, they're, well, they're both 37.9 miles. So okay. Cayuga is always special to me because I spent my childhood there and that was okay. my first open water swim. Yeah. Seneca, my parents, um, my dad bought a boat um, in 1998 on Seneca, and then they relocated to Seneca. So I did my training on Seneca, and now 
I've taken over this property to make it into Camp Doggett and I have a cottage five miles up the lake. So Seneca to me is very, you know, it's very special. It's where I do most of my training. It's where I um, host our Finger Lake swim, but it also was the one swim that nearly took me down. It's the one swim that I can finish and I can honestly say I was done. When I was done with Cayuga, I was bouncing off the walls. And, you know, and I felt that I could have swam more when I was done with Seneca, I finally felt that I something almost took me down. And that's kind of a good feeling to have, you know, makes you want to go back and try again, of course, but (laughs) it definitely is the one lake that depleted me. Yeah, yeah, mentally and physically. Right, right. What, um, what of all of your swims, what swim are you the most proud of? Seneca. Seneca. Seneca and Lake Apacon, the perimeter swim on Lake Apacon was tough with this, that circular boat traffic, the heat, and it was a tough swim for me emotionally. Um, I went into an undertrained. I had just lost my nephew. So it was just a really tough year for me. Mm, so, goodness. but yeah, so, you know. I'm sorry, Bridget. <laughs> you make me cry. <laughs> it's not not the first marathon swim stories where we've cried. I had one one where someone got me to cry too. <laughs> yeah. What have you learned about yourself through all these marathon swims? Hmm. That I like the challenge. Um, that I still struggle <laughs> struggle with life work balance. Um, you know, but I think that's that, and then what I'm capable of physically and mentally. But I think mm. most of all, what I've learned is that an appreciation for some of the life struggles that I've had, um, especially in my mid thirties, because they, I think in some of these swims, I'm starting to connect the dots. Gosh, I'm glad I had that shitty experience because now I dealt with that. I know that I can do this. So I think that's the biggest benefit of marathon swimming is the challenges and even things on land is, you know, g- getting over that hurdle helps you on your next challenge. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So I think it's the connecting of the dots um, that, you know, well, gosh, it's a good thing that this happened to me in life because look at how it's prepared me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a time to make peace with some of the things that you've, uh, that helped build you. Let's put it right. that way. <laughs> yeah. That aren't yeah. always on a positive, you know? Right. No, that's really, that's a good one though. And I, I think it, you've being open to that too. I think, you know, we all kind of go at, come at these swims from a different place and yeah. not everybody is kind of open to like making the connections and letting right. like champ anyway. So I just love that, that you're doing that. And that's great. Um, how do you handle the tough situations in the water? We'll stick with water. <laughs> um, you know, really like I try to focus 30 minutes at a time, you know what I mean? Especially at Seneca, there were so many tough times. I'm like, all right, you know, if I heard one more time that Peach Orchard Point's almost there. I mean, I, I, I drive by it now and I'm like, there's that damn point, you know, it never moves. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I try to focus just 30 minutes at a time. Sometimes you have a lull, but I'm like, all right, let me just get to the next feed. Um, that's, I think the best thing is just try to break it up, mm-hmm. you know, but I've, I've never really wanted to get out. I don't think I've never, no one's ever had to convince me to get, to stay in the water. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and I try to make not, I try to make it so no one is put in that position. Right. Right. You know, and Even I, Tampa I'm Bay. Lucky. <laughs> well, oh, oh, I did Tampa Bay. That I know. I said, who, even Tampa Bay, where you said you yeah. went in under trained, you still just were going to stick it out. <laughs> I, I did. I felt, um, well, no, the, the, the Tampa Bay, I started to have, it was one of my first longer swims, right? Really the first. And I remember getting like pains right here on my mm. chest. And I'm like, I'm, I wonder if I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> I remember saying to my husband, I don't feel so good. Um, I'm not sure at the end, I might need medical. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I, I just don't feel so good, but you know, and I think it was just muscular at the time, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do remember that with, I remember that. And I felt great at the end. I have uh, my, my in-laws were there. My parents were there, their parents, friends. And I remember my dad um, saying, there's a hot dog truck. Hit, let, go get her a hot dog. <laughs> and then I remember having a hot dog with my dad. And I remember that's not a good idea after a swim. 
don't recommend that. <laughs> Good to know. Not on my hot dogs, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend that after a long saltwater swim. That's that's like a shit show at best, to be honest. No, but um, but I did. I did Tampa Bay again though, and I pulled out at the bridge. And I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't already had a do not finish in England. Mm. I finally said, you know. I'm start every, it was just a bad year. A lot of people were pulling the conditions and I was starting to feel some pain and I said, not worth it. Mm -hmm. So that's probably something I'm most proud of as silly as that may sound, but that was, you know, I do stupid things. So (laughs) I was kind of proud that I had the courage to pull out before I hurt myself and nobody looked like they, my husband had pulled a muscle in jujitsu. So I had for the first time, another kayaker Mm. and it was somebody had in high school that had never kayaked before. And he was struggling to keep up with the wind. Oh my goodness. And he was freezing. And then his father got in and that was even a worse show. And I just found myself waiting for them a lot. And so it wasn't fun anymore. And I was starting to feel pain. So I pulled on that one. That's good. I love that no. you're proud of something that you, but I've had, like you said, having the courage to, yeah, to but when it. you knew you kind of hit your, the limits were, or the signs were all around you, that it was time, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm generally stubborn and stubbornness generally gets you in trouble. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what motivates you to keep going? Um, right. You know, I, I had Tahoe on my list. I, it was deferred last year and then we, I had to make a decision and I decided to defer it to 2022. Um, you know, cause I didn't really want to take a date. I didn't know what I was doing and I'm in the process right now of, um, you know, building out camp dogged. So what I've learned during COVID is what I need for work-life balance. is just anything physical. I've had mm-hmm. as much fun doing this construction learning power tools and seeing the finished product and doing the create, it, it brings together physical and creative. And I've enjoyed that. So to me, it, I, it's like a goal, like swimming to me, it's about work-life balance. So Tahoe's waiting to 2022 and I I'm 60 in 2022. So okay, that's cool. kind of, I, I'm going to go with exciting. Yeah. But I'm not <laughs> so sure that it is. You know, it's the first, yeah, it's the first birthday. I thought 50 turning 50 was a hoop, but uh, yeah, the 60 thing I'm, I'm hoping is a hoop, but right now I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to be 60. It, it feels different than 50. Keep swimming, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so you told us about, um, so I I asked you what motivates you to keep going. Do you think it's just keep having, keep trying to find that balance and finding ways to balance? Yeah, yeah. it's balance. For me, it's balance. I want to do Tahoe. I want to do Lake Ontario. For some reason, that's a swim my dad never wanted me to do. He had a bad experience on Lake Ontario. Um, So I never wanted to. I, I never, I really stressed him out with the whole little English channel. Where'd she go for a few hours bit? Mm, so mm. I, I, and I didn't really realize how much I stressed him out until mm-hmm. he passed and people were, you know, sending condolences and they're like, Oh, remember that time I talked to your father. I'm like, would you talk to when <laughs> he was like crazy resourceful in two hours calling. I had Steve Faulkner at my house calling him and Steve was like, I'm like, Steve, did you get my dad all these numbers? Yeah. He wouldn't stop. So I was just giving him anybody I knew. And I never knew that, you know, yeah, so yeah. I wouldn't, I would not put him through that stress again. So mm-hmm. he's gone now I'm wrapping this up. So I do want to do Lake Ontario. And mm-hmm. what would be really cool is if I get this boat up here, um, you know, his boat out on Lake Ontario, but oh wow, you know, yeah, I don't know how to drive it anyway, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so that would be kind of fun, but I don't think it's allowed, but it would be fun. Yeah. So those are Tahoe and Ontario are two, um, ones I want to do. They keep you going. That's funny. Yeah. I love your interpretation of that question <laughs> just because it's swimming focused. You're like, it's just more swimming. That's <laughs> what advice would you give to, um, well, first of all, I'll preface this with, um, I've got to have you back. Cause I want to hear all about this, this, the swim event that you do. I've only heard amazing things about it. So we'll have to have you back. Just focus on that. But, um, what would you, um, just to kind of wrap it up of a couple more questions and then we'll do a little bit of a, um, meet your lane mates since we have a good little group here. Um, what advice would you give to an aspiring marathon swimmer? Um, I, I think to, um, uh, make your own journey. 
I think make your own journey, learn your own body. I see a lot of people asking what others do and try to repeat it, but I think it's most critical to listen to your own body, learn from your, what you're capable of, especially with feeds and things like that and follow your own path and know that it's okay. Not, you know, not, don't take on all the pressure, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. not everybody wants to be a channel, you know, and not everybody wants to swim the English channel. And I think that's fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it, it doesn't make it, you know, good or bad. But I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, learn, learn yourself. Take the time to learn your, you know, learn your your own mind. Focus on mental training is so critical. And that that would be my biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I really I love how you in your own experiences, you gravitated to you know, what the swims that would be meaningful to you with doing the finger mm-hmm. legs and stuff. So I just love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that advice. It's good. Um, who's inspired you? Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I read a lot of books on, um, you know, memoirs, mainly, mainly with people that have done, that have survived. Um, and, and that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from. And they're generally not athletes. Mm-hmm. They're just people that have had life experiences and they survived. They're mentally strong. And that, that to me is where I get a lot of the inspiration because I think, you know, it's mind over matter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So no one specific, just memoirs about. <laughs> oh, no, if I had to pick, I mean, not people that you would think, I, I think one that comes to mind is JC Dugard that was held captive for many years. Her book is incredibly inspirational. Um, you know, people like that, that have, you know, survived or wild that she's out there finding herself, you know, dealing with things. Mm-hmm. Amanda Berry is another one, you know, I, I've, those things are, I find incredibly um, inspiring because of the strength. I've also in my thirties had to deal with, um, you know, an experience. I, I know what it's like to go through that type of a violent life and, and I don't talk about it much and I probably will now more because the person is past this past year and mm. unfortunate to say, but there's nothing until you're in those shoes it, you know, I felt a, a great sense of relief mentally that I hadn't felt in years. So those yeah. types of stories have always been very important to me for those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Bridget. I really appreciate it. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. More than just a podcast. Did you know that you can watch Marathon Swim Stories on YouTube? Or join us. We meet on Tuesdays at 5.30 a.m. Pacific, 8.30 a.m. Eastern, 13.30 GMT. Check out intrepidwater.com forward slash Marathon Swim Stories to see who's up next. Thank you for listening.